0: Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by Johnny. Hello.
1: Hello. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Excited to talk to you today. How are you?
1: I'm doing the same and likewise. I'm very excited to talk to you as well.
0: Now, your bio says that you've built your career by intuition. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's such a simple childlike answer, but I really just I feel like every decision I've ever made from touring to music to uh, music videos to anything, it's just been following my gut instinct of what gets me excited and not trying to think too hard or be too smart. So far, it's worked out for me pretty good, so I think I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, just chasing whatever feels right in your gut and just trusting it and running with it full speed.
0: And that's really paid off for you. You've been able to do what your heart really wants you to do, and and I feel like you're more fulfilled in that way.
1: Yeah, 100%. And then uh, it also plays out in two ways, because then you're not pretending to be somebody you're not, so you don't really got to put a mask on whenever you got to go do stuff. You know what I mean? I can just be 100% myself, and that's already what people like and enjoy. So pretty sick, and I've been, like you said, very blessed to be able to do it for this long this far, and I'm ready to keep going.
0: Do you feel like you are becoming Johnny? No, because I feel like I am Johnny. Because I am Johnny. Yeah.
1: There, <laughs> there is no separation of church and state. There, it's, uh, it's me. Like I am, I am Johnny. Uh, it's not a character. It's not a person. It's not an artist. It's not a moniker. What you see and what you hear, what you read online, or what you look at on my socials, is not a a fake facade. Like you know, some influencer people build. It's just, it's really just me. And uh, I think that helps my mental health in the long run, too. Like I said, I don't really have to put a mask on or pretend to be someone or play a character.
0: Yeah. I also noticed that your bio did not mention that you are the fastest indie musician in America, no car, just feet. Why Uh, was that omitted? Yeah,
1: it's true. I don't know. I think the label likes to not do hot takes, but uh, (laughs) it's true. It's a fact. And, uh, It's undisputed. When I moved to L.A., I didn't have a car, so I've just been running everywhere. My top speed gets a little bit faster every couple months, just from the the conditioning and the strength training.
0: Okay. What is the important part there? Is it the speed or the running? Like, is it the cardio or getting somewhere fast? Mm, It's a little bit of both,
1: you know, because, like, you could be really fast, but then if you don't have the conditioning for it, you're going to start to slow down, you know I mean? You can start really fast, but then you're not going to win the race. It's, it's a healthy balance between speed and dexterity while having good conditioning and breath control. It's a lot. It takes a lot, but, you know, I do it. I find time to do it in between um, making music and touring around the world.
0: If someone was to dispute it, who do you think might have a chance of beating you?
1: Um... Oh, man, that's a good one. Oliver Tree seems like a fast little guy. (laughs) Seems like he he has a pretty good top speed on him. Yeah. Maybe we'll race on this tour we have coming up.
0: Yeah, I mean, he does have a thing for world records. Yeah,
1: he does, but I don't like him very much, so I think I could beat him.
0: (laughs) You are about to head out on tour with Oliver Tree and Huddy, and Promo kind of looks like you guys were just looking for a reason to road trip together. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I mean, money was tight. Um, You know, unfortunately, I have to do this tour. I don't really like Oliver or want to go on tour with him. (laughs) Uh, I think he's crazy and annoying, but fortunately, we have to. Um, So, you know, I'm going to go make it work and have fun with the fans, but then I'm going to get the hell out of there because uh, I want to beat him up. Yeah. Yeah, they have to keep us separated while we're on tour. I think him and Huddy are going to hang out, but... It's been informed for the team, so they're not supposed to let us get, like, really
0: close to each other. Two buses for sure.
1: For, no, for sure, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever even see him on the tour, because it might just be a fight.
0: Yikes. All the more reason for us to come out and see you guys, then. Exactly. <laughs> You'll wrap up your first week. Wait, of- no, no, not exactly, not exactly, <laughs> no. We don't want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> You'll wrap up your first week of the One Last Ride Tour with us in Madison at the Sylvie. Have you ever been to Madison before?
1: No, I haven't, but I'm really excited uh, to go and to play. It's going to be a good time. And uh, in all seriousness, the show is going to be awesome. You've got three really great people uh, that all make good music, and I think it's going to be a great time.
0: You've only ever wanted to do music. Has that always been supported by your family? Like, yes and
1: no. I I say yes because it's not like when I was growing up. I I showed interest in playing the guitar and stuff, and it's not like anyone deterred me from doing it. I say yes and no because there really wasn't any, uh, it was kind of like a secret of mine. Like, not that I played guitar or anything. My parents always knew that, but I know for a fact that my mom didn't even know that I wrote or sung music until, like, one of my first songs, like, started Getting some traction on Spotify, because then I was on, like, a playlist cover and stuff. Wow. Yeah, she had no idea, because I, I was kind of secretive about it, because I was really insecure about it all. Uh, cause I hadn't found my confidence in, like, myself, really, or as being, like, a face or something. So it's not like they didn't support it, because they didn't really know it existed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would just be up in my bedroom being real secretive about it when I was a teenager. And then when I moved out, I didn't really say anything about it at all. No one from my high school knew or anything I feel like they all just found out later
0: You were born and raised in the Bay Area Then went to Philly for a while Before making it back to California A couple of years ago What was in Philly? Was that part of your moving out And kind of finding yourself?
1: Yeah, so I, I lived in um, in a bunch of different cities In California growing up And then towards the end of middle school I moved over to the Carolinas Which is oh. crazy um, And then I spent from like the end of middle school all the way to the end of high school in the Carolinas. And I moved up to New Jersey. New Jersey was too expensive, so I went on Google, and I, t- I literally typed in most affordable cities to live in on minimum wage jobs. I think at the time, whatever year that was, Philly was like two, three, or four. Uh, and I was the closest in proximity to me, so I could afford to do the move just driving. And I just packed up the truck, and I went. I wish there was a better story but that's really what it was. <laughs> I, uh, love I spent it. a couple of years there, really good critical music making years of mine and then I came back to California cuz uh, that's where I think I'm going to die at. I don't I don't think I'll die anywhere else. Unless it was an untimely death, but <laughs> when I see myself going and I'm like laying on my deathbed, I feel like I still should be paying California state property tax for sure cuz this is the best place ever.
0: I think that there's a bravery in your freedom in the fact that you were able to just Google and go or that you let your intuition. I mean, there
1: was some other factors. There were some other factors. Like, I only went to Google because I went into work that day and my boss was like, hey, buddy, I got to let you go. We don't got the money to keep you anymore. But, like, here's, like, a little... Bit of money to get you on your feet, so there was there was a there was a couple layers of uh, motivation there. I was like, screw it, I don't have a job, I have nothing tying me here anymore. He just gave me this little lump sum of money. I might as well just take this opportunity to just move. So I will say I had a little bit of a safety net because I had a little bit of money that was just given to me for my job. I wasn't super brave, but I did <laughs> jump. I went all in. I didn't dip my toes in.
0: Yeah, well, even. That translating into the way that you create your music and allowing yourself to just create with intuition and do whatever the studio tells you to do that day. Like, I think there's a bravery and a freedom in that as well.
1: Well, thank you. I will accept that compliment and I do really appreciate it uh, (laughs) because it's hard, you know, not to be pretentious, but man, like, especially with the music industry, if you don't have, like, I thank God that I didn't pop off when I was super young, when I was trying to all that time because. It's a really influential job, not like that sounded wrong. I'm saying like you get influenced really easily in this job if you don't have a strong head on your shoulders. If you're like young and you moved to LA and your music started popping and now you're on a label and you're in all these rooms and all these sessions, like if you don't have a strong head on your shoulders and know what you're trying to do, you can just be influenced by everyone else. And eventually they're not even really your songs anymore. They're just what everyone else is telling you is cool or what to chase. And so as much as, like, it sucked for all those years grinding, I think I appreciated getting what I got later on in life because I knew exactly, like, who I am and what I'm trying to make, and I wouldn't let anybody else sway me or influence me or try to convince me of what I want to do. Like, even if there's people out there that think that the music I make is whack, that's cool, but there's probably equally as many people that think whatever song that is is cool, so I'd rather chase gets me the most excited so that I don't feel fake and disconnected from it when I try to play it live at a show, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. You'll be playing your greatest hits in 20 years. If you're connected to it now, hopefully you can keep that connection going. You don't want to get sick of it.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be fun to go on stage and play a bunch of songs not even connected to or feel like it's a representation of you. Yeah. Uh, That doesn't sound very fun to me. No, not Uh, at all. Yeah, I, I just live by that simple childlike logic of I'm going to do what I want to do and what gets me excited. And then if that ship either makes it to port or if it sinks in the middle of the ocean, like I don't have anyone to point at and blame. It's only me. You know what I mean? I can't be like, well, you guys said this or you said that. Yeah. Like, No, if I have an idea and it lands or if it doesn't land, like I'm the only one that can take ownership for it and be like, I was me." Yeah, uh, something about that is terrifying, but then also like very freeing at the same time.
0: It must have been amazing to work with Beck.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to talk about somebody that also seemingly just does only what he wants, and I uh, get him excited. But for many, many years, and maintaining the same state of uh, relevance this whole time without falling under at all—not not, not once—he's had a like a, kind of been awe at his career that he's had, and he's a big influence and inspiration of mine, so it was really cool to make um, a song that not only he got on and worked on, but also, like, followed, like, my writing and, like, my melodies and his verse and that. I don't know. It was just a really cool experience, uh, and I was very humbled by it, and I was super grateful that he got on and helped make this record, um, even better than where it was when I left it before I handed it to him, and thank you for spending it as well. I appreciate it.
0: We're loving it here, and we're excited to see it live when you're at the Sylvie.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's coming, because I'm going to play it live.
0: Are you going to play your new song, Strawberry Chainsaw, as well? Yes, I will be. Thanks for mentioning
1: that. Yeah, I just had that come out, too, and it's uh, been going really good. I'm I'm really excited about the feedback on both of these songs, because I love them both. I love them both equally, and I'm stoked to continue to, like you said, play them in my set for years to come. Uh, and feel equally as excited about it each time.
0: When you're here next week, you're going to go record shopping with one of our listeners. Plus, we're going to throw in sweet tickets and some cash for them to spend. So when you guys go to the record store on Wednesday, which section will you check out first?
1: Oh, man. Weirdest thing. I never really had money to be like a super audiophile and be able to buy records. And then once my music stuff started taking off and I did have somewhat of some money that I could buy... uh by the time I had time when I wasn't touring and finally had a second to breathe, like COVID kind of hit. So I never really got the opportunity to fully just go in record stores and buy stuff. And man, if I ever did, or when I do, I don't even think I have a section I go to. I think I like just that feeling I would have when I was a little kid of going to the Best Buy or whatever, even back when it was CDs and just walking aimlessly and looking at different cover arts until I see either a name or a picture or a genre that, like, excites me and then just kind of explore and just go off of impulse. Yeah. Uh, I kind of am all over the place all the time anyway, so it would make more sense that that's how I would go through a record store, sort of the smart way of going alphabetically or by genre and find exactly what I'm looking for. But that's no fun. <laughs> I want to I wanna walk around blind and just stumble upon
0: stuff. There you go again, letting funny. your intuition lead you.
1: yeah. Like a big man child. It seems, that would seem fun to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do remember one time in South Philly, I walked in a, a record store and I bought a, bought a copy of a couple of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young records. And then uh, I bought a Prince Purple Rain record. Nice. Um, those were my first record purchases once I had had some money. And then I had to pawn them later because I didn't have money. <laughs> but... Let's go get records, though. We don't have to pawn. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Johnny.
1: Of course. Thank you. Thank
0: you for the time. And we'll see you at the Sylvie. Yeah, see you there. Members of the Resistance, check out the auction for your chance to go record store shopping with Johnny on Wednesday. Plus, watch the show from our suite on the third floor. That'll be up for grabs on the auction starting tomorrow. Now take it back by Johnny featuring Beck on The Resistance.